Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Now that planting season is hopefully winding down, we've got back with us today our favorite podcast guest, Dr. Aaron Wilson, OSU climatologist. And we're really excited to hear what the summer has in store for us weather-wise. So welcome back, Aaron. Good to be here, Elizabeth and Amanda. Thank you. So to start off with, could you give us a recap of you know, the weather we've seen this spring? Yeah, so meteorologically speaking, uh, we consider spring to be March, April, and May, months of March, April, and May. And if you look um, for those three months, temperatures actually were close to average. Um, unfortunately, you've, you've you know, the details really matter here. So if you recall, March was our 11th warmest March on record for Ohio going back to 1895. Uh, but once we got into April uh, in May, and we had plenty of cold air, uh, temperatures still running, you know, two to seven degrees below average really uh, since about the first of April. Uh, so so it was, it's been on the chilly side for much of our planning season until most recent conditions have, have changed a bit here. As far as precipitation goes, it was generally above average across the region, especially in the central and eastern counties of Ohio uh, back in March and early April. And then that really shifted to our southern counties uh, later in April and in May in terms of precipitation compared to average being much higher across our southern counties. Uh, the other thing, Interesting thing about this spring is we had three fairly large uh, freeze events uh, from mid-April till to the end of May. Uh, some horticultural damage here and there reported across the state, some minor issues as well. And as a matter of fact, we had some frost, right, uh, uh, on June 1st uh, this year. So uh, kind of late for our freezes and our frost conditions, but, but hopefully nothing too much in the way of damage. So that, you know, kind of summarizes what, what we've seen this spring, kind of interesting, I would say a tale of two springs between March and then and then April and May. Uh, that's, that's certainly brought along enough challenges this season as well. Yeah, I think we were a little bit relieved at how it's turned out compared with 2019 because some of us were pretty wet, but we did get some planting windows in there. And the freezes were surprising. I mean, it just it was almost like, when is this going to stop? We want to have some fruit <laughs> this fall, you know, and that frost on June 1, when I heard that on our corn call, I was really surprised that someone was having frost on June 1st. Yeah, I mean, the, the frost on June 1st was, was relatively light. I mean, temperatures really dropped down in the mid-30s in some locations, and within an hour or two, temperatures were 20 degrees warmer uh, afterwards. So I, I, I don't think there'll be too much damage from the June 1st uh, frost that we saw, though, you know, crops in June 1st are a lot more susceptible than they are in mid-April. So we'll have to, we'll have to kind of see, uh, you know, any impacts from that. So you also mentioned, you know, comparisons with 2019. Uh, from a precipitation standpoint, it was almost the reverse of 2019. Uh, Northwest Ohio, in fact, was pretty dry. Parts of West Central Ohio really allowed them to get work done pretty early and, and pretty quickly. Uh, as a matter of fact, until the recent rainfall, I was a little bit concerned that we could be heading into summer uh, with dry surface, dry soils that could ultimately do some drought conditions. But that's really been mitigated uh, by the recent rainfall as well. So, yeah, just... Um, Kind of a potpourri of conditions this spring. We do expect our transition seasons to present a lot of that, but uh, you know, a couple, two events of snowfall across, say, Geauga County, uh, which which you know doesn't happen. We had a tropical system uh, move across Ohio before the official start of the hurricane season. So, uh, 
wacky weather uh, across Ohio once again uh, in 2020. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you mentioned that about being reversed with Northwest Ohio and <clears throat> Champaign County. Usually we're one of the first ones to get started planting early and make some pretty good headway due to the soil that we have. But I remember getting on one of the early corn calls and educators up that way reporting a lot more planting progress and it just was <laughs> caught me off guard. I'm used to being able to report a lot more from my county. So yeah, I've been really happy for them getting to see how quickly they made progress. Yeah. Some of them up there are going to be done with replant before we're finished down here with our first plant. <laughs> I think that sums up kind of what we've seen. I guess the big question is where are we going to go from here? We're seeing a little bit warmer weather, but I know I mentioned this to you, Aaron, earlier, talking with a farmer last night how far behind we are on GDDs, which it doesn't seem like it because it seemed like it was cold last spring too, but we are a little bit behind there. So what are we going to see moving forward or what are we seeing right now, I guess? Yeah, I think, you know, just to kind of think about our current situation, because it, you know, in the summertime, our conditions going into June really matter quite a bit. Uh, because we don't, we've got weak steering currents, for instance, that help drive systems across the country. So typically, if you have dry soils, that can set up for drought conditions. If you have wet soils, uh, that has impacts on the temperature. So if we're looking at our current situation, obviously, temperatures are finally warming up. We've been seeing frequent days in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, uh, getting close to 90 in some locations. And, and really, this past week, uh, last week, we were you know, above average for the first time in a while. Uh, so, you know, this is after running a good 30 to 60 days of, of two to five degrees below average. And that's really, you know, kind of the story on the growing degree days, the GDDs. And in fact, you know, if we go back to April 1st, you know, we're generally across the state a good uh, anywhere from 50 to maybe 150 GDDs behind uh, the long term average. Um, we've been catching up a bit in May with those warmer temperatures, especially across Northeast Ohio. Uh, they dodged some of the heavier rain the last uh, few weeks of May. Uh, so they were able to catch up on those growing degree days a little bit, but certainly, yeah, a, a little bit behind in that regard compared to, to 2019. 2019 was obviously much more a story about precip uh, rather than temperatures. So temperatures were warmer uh, last year than they were this year. And that's really helped drive those growing degree days. Uh, the recent rainfall again across the north likely helped avoid some drought initiation as we ended uh, May and got through the first week of June. Um, and now our temps are, are, are pretty warm. Uh, much of the heavy rainfall over the last 30 days has been across southern Ohio, more than 10 inches, for instance, in parts of, of southwest Ohio over the last 30 days. So that, that's a lot. Uh, and our stream flows are, are showing that, you know, plenty of rainfall, plenty of, uh, of, of runoff coming off the surface and contributing to average to much above uh, stream flows across the surface. Much of the state, the, as far as soil moisture goes, is in that 80th percentile, a little bit less across the north where it has been dry over the last, uh, say, two months, uh, trending toward well above average. We're talking 99th percentile uh, in some of our southeastern counties. Uh, and we really haven't, you know, the other thing we haven't dealt with a lot is evaporation or strong evaporative, what we call evaporative demand. There's not been a really, you know, evaporative demand, we mean that atmospheric thirst 
uh, for the moisture that's that's prevalent. So with cold temperatures, you don't you just don't really have a strong demand. You know, you've got cold temperatures. You don't have well-established roots. So there's no nothing that's really taking up that soil moisture very rapidly. That of course is now changing as as we head into the second week of June here where uh, you know our crops are growing, taking up that moisture and temperatures are warming as well. So plenty of soil moisture uh, will we'll have impacts as we head into to our out, uh, the next couple of months in, in terms of our outlook. So I'm gonna throw this at you. I don't know if you've looked into it at all, but um, over Memorial weekend, I was thinking about growing up and playing t-ball and t-ball always opened memorial weekend and i always had on like a turtleneck and warm clothes and we were out there trying to get our pictures taken and the last few memorial weekends um you know it's been hot enough that i've gone swimming in some of our lakes around here you know that are like 60 degrees <laughs> so have you seen do you know off the top of your head if memorial weekend in particular has been warmer lately than it has been in the past uh, I don't know the the exact numbers. Um, yeah, I think, you know, even in May and up to Memorial Day, certainly we start out pretty cool in the mornings. Uh, it also, I think, can depend on when Memorial Day hits, whether it's that yeah. sort of six days before or at the very end of the month. That That could obviously make a difference. One thing about the lake temperatures and the water temperatures, though, is with the warm winters, in the warm early springs, that, that, that water doesn't have to warm up as much as it perhaps it did before. You know, we, we're not, you know, when we have seasons like this year where there was very little, if any, ice at all, uh, and soils maybe froze four or five days out of the entire season, yeah. um, there's, you know, there's not all of that early warmth in spring going into melting that ice is actually now going directly into, ra you know, raising the temperature of the water. So, I think that, you know, there's a lot of different factors at play. I don't have the exact uh, numbers on any trends for specifically Memorial Day, uh, but that's generally what, how I see things. Yeah, that's an interesting point, because this year, Memorial Day is the day that we finally broke down and turned our air conditioner on, <laughs> even though two days later, we're closing the windows at night because it was too cold again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course that was when I was really young, so I may not remember every aspect of it correctly, but yeah. So Aaron, now that things are off and running, we know that weather is one of the most important variables that we have for making this crop for the rest of the season. So let's start diving into what you see for the short-term outlook over the next month or so. Yeah, so uh, interesting, um, again, you know, with uh, very active tropical weather, already that uh, through the first couple of weeks uh, of the season, uh, three named storms. Um, and so uh, that's basically continuing to give us more of this, uh, you know, uh, very moist surface conditions. Uh, so looking at the short-term outlooks through the rest of the month, we think that temperatures will be probably warmer than average, you know, with uh, a lot of uh, soil moisture in place, our overnight lows don't cool off as much. Uh, compared to conditions when it's drier. But then during the day when you've got a lot of moisture over the surface and it's contributing to evaporation, it can actually keep your temperatures down a bit during the daytime. Um, and so that's kind of the impact of having this moisture around the, the areas 
likely to continue through this month of June here. So there's no real strong indication for above or below precipitation wise across the, the, the state. So we can expect, you know, typical summertime thunderstorms scattered across the state from time to time, not raining anywhere uh, or not raining everywhere every day, but certainly some of us will see some locally heavy rainfall. And that's what we really have to look forward to, you know, for the rest of the month. So what about looking beyond June and August? I mean, beyond June into July and August? Yeah, so again, a, a lot of it really is, is conditioned by what our surface conditions are. We've got those weak weather systems that don't really move, or weak what we call steering currents that don't move the weather along. So uh, as long as you maintain that soil moisture, then again, you're gonna see June, July, August uh, with warmer than average conditions more strongly at night than during the daytime. And that's what we're expecting this summer. Uh, we do have kind of a long-term um, observation in terms of, of some areas of Ohio seeing negative trends in our precipitation in July and August, early season. Once we got into July and August, we started drying out pretty strongly. I'm not saying that that's what we're gonna see again. It would take some work because again, we've got plenty of soil moisture around. But if, if last year's any indication, as wet as we were through the month of June, uh, once you start missing you know, a few of these rounds of thunderstorms, then you can quickly get into a drying condition. So again, overall, I think this summer is, is you know, favorable for growing conditions, a good growing season right now, plenty of moisture still in the field. Um, warmer overnight lows may help advance or advance those phenological states a bit quickly, but we'll just have to watch how the soils evolve. Uh, as we head through June and get into August and, um, you know, see if, if there's any indication of the drying. Once the drying starts and the temperatures are hot, then we can start getting into more of drying situation and potential drought. It's always a possibility in Ohio in summer. Yeah, and I did a survey for a project that I'm working on of some <clears throat> farmers around my area and had some colleagues in other states doing it as well asking about in-field um, water issues. And on several of the surveys, it wasn't uncommon to list too much water and too little water on the same survey. So unfortunately, that's a struggle that we have. And um, hopefully we can come up with some solutions that are affordable, you know, thinking tile control structures mm -hmm. like that, that farmers can that's another discussion for another podcast, I think. Well, well and that, and you, uh, you sparked a, a thought in my mind, a recent email from the state climatologist in North Dakota. You know, they're still trying to get corn from 2019 out of the fields. Yeah, and so the question crazy. was whether, you know, they've been pretty dry for a while now. And, and folks were asking, you know, why is this corn still sitting in the field? Even though the conditions seem perfect and the surface is dry, Underneath that surface layer, it's so wet that the machinery, the farm equipment is still getting stuck out there. Um, and so that's why they still have, you know, a few percent of corn still left in the field from last year. So it really does matter, you know, um, and, and I'm reflective of last year, you know, despite the, the strong surface drying that we had in August, September and October with 26% of the state covered by moderate drought conditions by, by October. 
you know, uh, yields were good. Most of the fields looked good across the state, some better than others. So there was plenty of deeper moisture available for crop growth and, and grain and fill and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that we're going to see more of this as we head into the future as well, where we're, where we're combating seasons of just way too much rainfall but then short, intense periods of dry conditions that really are going to challenge our water management across our entire landscape. So Aaron, I think our, our last question is looking further out into the future. What, what are you seeing for, for the rest of the year? Yeah, so now I'm going to pull the crystal ball off the shelf and I'm going to <laughs> say, say some words. And no, essentially, you know, one of the things we start thinking about, and I haven't mentioned yet, uh, once we get into fall, certainly late fall and winter, we start bringing around that that word El Nino or La Nina. Uh, there are some indications that that we're that we may develop a La Nina state, La Nina conditions uh, in the in the fall, meaning the tropical sea surface temperatures near the equator in the Pacific Ocean will be cooler than average. That has impacts on weather patterns across the globe. For Ohio, that means that once we get into late fall and certainly into the wintertime, it often brings wetter than average conditions for La Nina. Um, and so one of the things I would say now is I would expect our fall, you know, we, we, we just don't have chilly falls really, especially September and October much. Uh, we haven't seen that in the long term. I would expect our falls to be warmer than average. Um, and then as we get into late fall, once we start getting into November, if we're still trying to harvest by November, December, let's hope not, right? I mean, with the great growing season and harvest season, uh, then we could be we could be concerned about late season um, wetness. Again, the other thing I would say is we are anticipating a very active tropical season. Um, we've already had one system move through Ohio before the month of June. We've got a second system now that's moving across the country uh, here this week that's come ashore now. Um, and, and, and we're just now starting our season. So once we get into that September, October range, you know, we're susceptible to some very heavy rainfall. If we think about fall of 2018, uh, when we had Gordon and Florence both drop heavy rainfall across Ohio. So that's one thing that we also have to be cautious about in terms of our fall. So whether or not La Nina develops and we start getting wetter than average conditions late fall and into winter, but then more importantly, I think tropical activity in the months of August, September, and October. We'll hopefully have you back then to give us an update, but that's kind of what I'm hearing is try to get in there and get things out before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I generally look at that's what Ohio need, you know, that's what Ohio farmers should be doing when they're thinking about planting and harvesting, you know, when the windows are available, get out there, get it done. Um, because, you know, with variable conditions, uh, we just, you know, um, don't know what's what's right around the corner sometimes especially with these tropical systems so yeah just just um but we're going to have a great growing season and a great harvest season and in, in, in ohio's just just needs some recovery time i think from from 2019 for sure aaron it's always a pleasure having you join us i know you put out some regular resources that our listeners can take advantage of if they're wanting to hear from you in between the times we have you on here could you share where they can look to find information from you? Yeah, so uh, plenty of information coming through social media, you, uh, both Facebook and Twitter. You can look for Dr. Wilson's Weather or Dr. WX. Um, State Climate Office of Ohio, climate.osu.edu. I uh, have links to, to information, uh, climate information and hydrologic outlooks. 
Uh, and of course, um, you can always email me, wilson.1010 at osu.edu, and I'm more than happy to chat about weather and climate anytime you want. So uh, plenty of opportunities to see that information out there. Well, Aaron, thanks again, and we'll look forward to an update later in the season. Looking forward to it anytime. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.